Hello and welcome to the Galaxy of Film Podcast. I am your host, Max. I'm joined with my co-host, Akari and Danilo. Whew, how are you guys doing today? What's up? Yo, I'm, I'm doing pretty great, man. Just pretty I'm good? In there, pretty just chilling. Just pretty chilling. great. Yeah. Cool. Well, today we're going to be discussing our top five films of 2020. But first, let's go. Let's go ahead and talk about a couple, uh, a couple things that happened this week or oh, past shit. couple weeks. I meant to discuss this last episode, uh, but some concept art was revealed for Batman versus Superman, showing that yeah. it was indeed <laughs> supposed to be Christian Bale and not Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh shit! Well, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, Ben Affleck is Batman. What a fucking joke that is. You don't like Ben Affleck as Batman? He was he was actually hate him. Good. I hate him. He I, was actually that, that's good. it's just my Batman preference of what I think of when I think of Batman. I know everyone likes uh, Affleck, the especially the Nightmare version. Is that what it's called? Where he's in the trench suit. The yeah, night yeah. Vision, the back, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. Like I had no, I didn't see any of those movies because I had no intention to see Ben Affleck as Batman. I didn't even give him a fucking shot. So. See, I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I like the Dark Knight Returns stuff. I think he's pretty cool. Like it, the fact that they infused like Superman, Doomsday, Dark Knight Returns in a one film, I thought was pretty clever, and they did it pretty well. It's just that the story is all over the fucking place, and I only seen it one time because of that. Uh, I, see, did you see the the theatrical cut or the? Three I saw hour the theatrical long? cut. Okay. I saw the theatrical cut. I saw it in theaters when it first came out. Yeah, I did too. Then I. I bought it digitally on the, I think on iTunes for the three-hour-long cut, and it did nothing I, for me. I want to watch it because I hear some people say it's better. And now he wants to do a third cut of the movie. We're storing the IMAX scenes of some alternate dialogue. I was like, give it a fucking break, dude. But, no, I like Ben Affleck as Batman, but I just thought the concept art was pretty interesting that it was supposed to be Christian Bale originally. It, it would make sense. Oh, yeah, because, I mean... Yeah, Man of Steel came out 2013. Uh, Dark Knight Rises was 2012. Come on, man. I like Christian Bale as Batman. I, he was probably uh, second next to Adam West, in my opinion. And then Michael Keaton. Adam was West? I love Adam West as Batman, yeah. Yeah, I love Adam West as Batman. I just love that like little TV show, you know, and then the movie, that little funny movie they had, like... Yeah, for the know. TV show. For the TV show. Oh, I actually, I got Burt Ward's autograph this year for free. Oh yeah, yeah. You told me this. He, um, he was doing a dog food promotion, <laughs> and you had to email him your receipt for buying dog food. What? And, and he, he was, sent you a little autograph. Yeah, it was weird. He, he made it out That's to sad. me and everything. It was, it was really weird for dog food, but yeah, I got Burt Ward's autograph. That's crazy, man. <clears throat> In other news, you know, Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm. Yeah, I saw that. Out. But, you know, and what can you, you do? You saw the post that he made on his page that he said he was uh, recovering slowly. So, you know. Didn't his wife He's, post that? That's good. I don't think he, his wife posted that. He said he was recovering. Oh, I gave it a once over because I saw the headlines already. That should oh. be crazy, man. People yeah. say his wife's been stressing him out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's what I've been hearing. Last been... year, man. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. The wife's just an absolute loon. She probably is. Uh, now I didn't look into it though, so I don't know if that's true. But I I talked to someone who's a big fan of Dre, and he hates the wife. 
I I don't even know who the wife is. I don't know her name either. I don't know her either. I just hear the guy. I just hear my friend rant about it constantly. I just remember. Um, I think it was really last year, end of twenty nineteen, how she was trying to file a divorce against him. Yeah, and that's when he would like send me all the like rap guy, like you know, someone on Instagram like rap, you know, user whatever, and it would be headlines like that. I couldn't really give a shit less what Dre and his wife do. So you just have some random friends sending you hip hop links and headlines. Well, no, he, we talk about films, but he thought I was into like Dr. Dre's music, and that I was because I think I said one time like I like Dr. Dre too because I do like some of his songs, but I couldn't care less about his personal life. Like, I don't care if the guy gets a divorce or, you know, if he loses the divorce, if his wife's a loon, if he's a loon, like, just make good music and we'll call it a day. Divorce, man. Apparently, Kim and Kanye are getting a divorce. Good. Yeah. Very sad about that. (laughs) What's so sad about it? Very sad. What's so sad about it? I love Kanye. Nothing. Exactly. Couldn't care care less about what Kim and Kanye do. Just like I said, make good music. Make good music, Kanye. Just make good music. Shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up. She's not gonna be the first goddamn lady. This is gonna be Jeffrey Star. Oh, bro. Fuck you. Chill. Oh, Chill. Shit. Nah. I'm, yeah, I'm just joking. Another news. Apparently that it's also been announced that Jody Whitaker is leaving the role as Doctor Who. Of who? Jody Whitaker. I don't know who that is. Do you guys not watch Doctor Who? No, no, I don't watch that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't watch Who, that uh, dumpster fire. Man, I thought you would actually like uh, Doctor Who. The only know? Doctor Who I watch is from the. I 60s. think I would if I gave it a shot. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. I'm a big fan of Matt Smith's as Doctor Who specifically. Yeah, it's That's sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like I would like it if I watched it, but I hardly watch TV. This was, last year, 2020, was probably the most I've watched TV in the last four to five years. Of like shows, mm-hmm. I, I I strictly watch movies because I can't do like five hundred hours to finish one arc. Like, I know that's a cool way of storytelling, and it's funny because I'm pretty sure I'm writing a screenplay that requires a series of shows. <laughs> but when I sit down and watch stuff, I like to like start to end, you know. And then I don't like when shows get canceled and we don't complete their arcs and stuff. So, like that pisses me off so much, you uh, know. But what can you do? What show? See, because all the Marvel shows on Netflix got canceled, and I was so mad when they canceled Luke Cage because the way season two ended was like that was a fucking cliffhanger, and then it gets canceled. I'm just like, what the? F- Why? I was a big fan of the Punisher Marvel show. I haven't watched that. I like. John I Berth didn't watch Punisher a lot. Didn't watch a single one. I do like the actress who played in Jessica Jones. I thought she was very strong in uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, but, Kristen, you know, uh, for her last name. Yeah, Kristen Ritter. You know, she got, yeah, yeah. Like, Walter White didn't save her, so spoilers, but, you know, <laughs> she was only in it for like one fucking season and it was like, right, see ya. So um, that was a bit sad. Yeah, if Doctor Who, you know, she's like, take. The role. Very glad. Overrated TV show. What is? Breaking Bad. What man? Shut that! We're not talking. About I haven't Bad. watched I it. Breaking. I haven't even watched. Well, we'll have an we'll have an episode about that. Breaking Bad that, is one of the Breaking best Bad. shows. It's the over last television. It's overrated. No, it's, it's not. a good show because it's, it's consistent writing, it's but fantastic. it's overrated. No, it's not. It's overrated. No, it's you not. can't. There's nothing about that show that makes it appealing to watch it for a second time. I've watched it like five or six times all the way through. Because I watched it one time from start to. 
start to end, and I couldn't to, so I could watch El Camino because I wanted to see uh, Jesse Pinkman. I forget his like actor name because I wanted to see him in like a movie. Uh, and I, I so I watched you know I didn't binge it. I made sure you know because I don't think binging is the right way to do t- for a first time TV show. You know, so mm-hmm. I like watched it throughout a, like a few months, and I couldn't care less for it. Best episodes were the last two, and that was it, in my opinion. What? Yeah. I love that. The wife just pissed me off, which which means it's good writing. Supposed to piss you off. Yeah, that's what I said because it's. (laughs) And I haven't even watched it, and I already know she's supposed to piss you off. Dakar, you'd like it. Trust me. What I? You'd love it, man. I love Breaking Bad. Okay. I, I can recommend Breaking Bad to anybody. <laughs> I've heard I've heard none but great things about the show, so you know. Like I said, I think it's the best well written TV show. Mm. Okay. Um, hey, Cobra Kai is well written too. What? Y'all I haven't that? watched Cobra Kai yet. Still, I you need, need to I watch need that. Shit. I know. You need to watch. We that talked shit. about that. Shit is crazy. I didn't care for the Karate Kid growing up, so I don't have any interest in watching it. You know. No, That's the thing. If it's, but if I don't have any interest in the Karate Kid in general, why would I care about a karate TV show? Like I'm that I'm not gonna watch it if I don't give a crap about karate or, uh, you know, Taekwondo. I forget what the dojo is called. Oh, I was gonna say God. the dojo. Oh, it's called Cobra Kai for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I need to. Start I'm not it. gonna watch something I have zero interest to watch. Oh, I get it. But in other news as well, uh, Star Wars The High Republic has launched this week. Mm. Let's go! Yeah, in the form of novels and comics and all that, and eventually we'll get a TV show. Well, I plan, we plan to discuss this in another episode at some point. We're getting a TV show? When? Uh, I don't think a date's been set yet, but The Acolyte. Five years, give or take. That's my guess. Five yeah, I'm, I'm thinking before 2024. Real, real quick, so we jump into the top five, so we don't go on a big Star Wars tangent. Did you see that very that rumor that said Patty Jenkins is going to be fired from Rogue Squadron because that, the Wonder Woman uh, numbers didn't do good? I sure oh, hope it's true. Oh. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I the I hope it's true because I don't like Patty Jenkins as a director. But I'll tell you, I don't hope it's true because what's that? Eight directors this fucking film production like this film company has been through. On Honestly. all different projects of hiring and firing. You know how absolutely insane that makes that company look? It looks like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I like Patty Jenkins as a director, but not so much. I'm not sure about writing just based off of Wonder Woman 84. Not, not sure off of writing because I'm pretty sure she's written good movies in the past, you know, but judging from Wonder Woman 84. Not so much as a writer. Yeah, definitely not writing. I mean, directing, I could give or take. Yeah, I think she's pretty talented, in my opinion. She's like, shaking your head. You to shake me, your like, head. Patty Jenkins... She's not a good director. Why do you think she's not a good director? I hate her action when she directs... Some people know how to direct action. Patty Jenkins, in my opinion, does not. It does what it needs to. Show us that there's action... But if you put Patty Jenkins next to Deborah Chow, who's doing the Obi-Wan series, she knows what the hell she's doing. And Bryce Dallas Howard knows what she's doing in The Mandalorian. The, the se- episode seven of first season with Quill, Deborah Chow's action was insane. And 
when we see Bo-Katan and Mandalorian season two, Bryce Dallas Howard's action is great. Like they know mm-hmm. how to direct action. I don't think Patty Jenkins, in my opinion, like tries to do anything fun with her action or make oh it seem God. like, you know, any better than some Joe Blow. See, that's what I was about to say. So, like Patty Jenkins feels to me just like a generic you know, Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It's a director. generic I wouldn't say generic. Some parts do feel generic, but I wouldn't say completely generic, no. I couldn't tell you... Like like I said, I don't think anything wrong with her directing. I don't care for her writing by any means, but like, I couldn't tell you one unique thing Patty Jenkins did with either the Wonder Woman movies to set it apart from exactly. anything else. I really like her use of slow-mo. See, I don't... And I, I hate that. For me, I that's a Zack that. Snyder yeah. thing. Bro, come on, man. Really? No, you haven't seen Justice League or Batman vs. Superman. It's like he doesn't anything I, he touches no. in the DCEU. Well, with Zack Snyder, he has like his own like distinct way of using slow motion. It's, I think Patty Jenkins does as well. But Patty Jenkins doesn't work for me. Her slow motion doesn't. I've seen the clips from Justice League of Zack Snyder's. That works for me. That, you know, See, I get neither it. Neither of them Patty works for Jenkins. Me. Well, it lo- I'm not going to say it's amazing, but it works a bit better than seeing Wonder Woman slow motion. See, I think I don't know. Wonder Woman slow mo is better than The Flash. Thank you. But either way, I don't like either of them. <laughs> I prefer. I don't like either of them, but if I had to take one of the over the other, and the one that logically would make sense would be The Flash because See, he is fast, and so like it, to me, it logically makes sense why we would slow him down. Why would we slow Wonder Woman down? What the fuck are we doing here? You know. See, with Flash, I don't know. That that was just it feels like everything's frozen, and I don't care for that. I'd rather see see, Wonder Woman. I've seen the clips like a few times. I I didn't watch any of these movies. I don't know. It it feels. I don't know. It was just. It was just something I heard. I heard that Patty Jenkins. The rumor is she might not get her new Star Wars movie. I don't care. I'd rather, I personally rather see Patty Jenkins direct a Star Wars movie, it sucks ass, than have this company go through another hired and fired director before we even, you know, That's gonna before be we fucked. give him a shot. That's going to be another Justice League. Not, not, not another Justice League. That's going to, not, not, not even Solo. Cause they yeah, no, it solo. will be another Solo. It'll be I another mean, Solo. Another they Ben Austin Weiss. Another Rise of Skywalker. Another Rogue yeah. One, and there was yeah. another director in between there as well for a different type of show that got canned. I don't know. That's a whole other story about what the hell Lucasfilm is doing. <laughs> I hope she. I hope she's just directing and not writing it. She is, she is writing, writing it. it. She's yeah. a co-writer. Yeah, she is oh, a writer. Fuck. Uh... Well, since it's Star Wars, I hope it, I, I hope for the best. I really hope for the best. I hope for the best, too, but it doesn't mean it will be the best, you know? Because, I mean, at least the movie will be competent. At least it will be good-looking. At least it will be watchable. You know what I'm saying? Just from a technical standpoint. The writing... But that's the bare minimum these movies have to have. If you have a, three, if you have a blank check... Yeah, the movie better be to a degree watchable. <laughs> to a degree, it better be watchable. I can agree and it also it. needs to be good, in my opinion. Yeah, and if we, it, if it, we don't it, hit it, one it of the two, good, it you know. 
I'm, I'm really hoping know. that's a, good. It's a whole nother story with getting into what, what they're doing over there. Because I do think they're doing good things. Right, right, right. But when it comes to this behind-the-scenes shit, it's like, it just blows my mind how this, how this company... It, it's almost yearly, basically, now. We're almost at a yearly thing of, oh, we hired him, but yeah, we got rid of him. We hired him, but or her, and we got rid of her. It's almost just, yearly now. They're it's just almost, we're flopping at this point. Like one a year. And you don't see that issue with any of the Marvel products for the most part. Hell no, because Kevin Feige knows what the fuck That's what doing. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a totally Represent. longer conversation. Represent. You already know what the fuck going on. Represent. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, that is another topic for another time. Let's go ahead and dive into our top five of 2020. Um, so basically, plan is we're going to go through our honorable mentions first. I personally have three. I'm not sure how many you guys have. Once you're done with the honorable mentions, we're going to go ahead and do three at the same time for each person. I and got then one. we start doing our... Um, our list of top five, we're going to do five, number five for Dakari, number five for Danilo, number five for me, and then in rotation for each individual number. And then once we're done with that, we'll be going into our favorite viewing experiences of 2020 as well. Those don't have to include 2020 releases, just the best experiences of this year. Since theaters were shut down, we weren't having that full experience of new releases this year. So... Uh, Dakari, you want to go ahead and start off with your honorable mentions? Yeah, I only have one honorable mention, though. Okay. Because I didn't see that many movies that came out this year that I wanted to see. Um, and the movies, I, I did see, I did end up seeing quite a bit, but not all of them were, like, amazing. So my honorable mention, I say The Invisible Man. Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. Okay. Yeah, that That was really dope. Like, seeing this, like... If the Invisible Man were made in 2020, that's the type of Invisible Man that I imagine us seeing. It is a really great reimagining. Honestly, I I think it really kind of does its part in really retelling the story from this generation's perspective, and it works on so many levels. It does, yes. The the sound design alone for the Invisible Man makes it should make it on everyone's list. Hell mm-hmm. yes, and I seen it in theaters too. So that, hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, the paint it, bucket it, scene. Yeah. yeah, I saw it in Dolby, and let me tell you, like the just Ooh. the opening with the waves coming in. Remember, because we get the he they live on like that rock thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. They or they, they don't live by a rock. They live like on a cliff, basically. Just hearing those waves in Dolby, and then it mixing with the score. It you know it's great. It's it's. Yeah. The sound design for sure makes this for sure. I think it should on everyone's list. And the trailers are very generic too, in my opinion. But a great, great surprise of how high yeah. quality this is. It was great. Man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I was and genuinely scared too. by it. I was genuinely scared by it, for real. Not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Yeah, I enjoyed the Invisible Man quite a bit. And you said that was your yeah. only honorable mention. Yeah, that's my only one. Okay, okay. Danilo, what is yours? Uh, should I do all three or yeah, all three just, honorable uh... mentions? Okay, okay. So for my honorable mention, in no particular order at all, I mentioned it last review. Soul, Soul for sure gets an honorable mention. Um, okay. it did have something I was mi- I was just I don't know I was missing some Pixar magic in it, but I thought the story was great. 
Um, I think just, you know, trying to discover, you know, like what it means to live, all those types of ideas that Pixar plays with heavy ideas and they diluted it to like a kid's understanding is always strong. You know, that's a, a very strong point with Pixar storytelling. So that for sure gets an honorable mention and it's not in the top five because it missed, in my opinion, a bit of Pixar magic. One movie I did see in theaters, which I did enjoy, and I think mm-hmm. this goes back to um, what we were talking about a bit earlier about women direct acting uh, action. differently, action differently. I think Birds of Praise action is great. I don't know what it is, but in my opinion, I think some women do direct action a lot better than, than men do. And I don't know if that's just, you know, because they don't think like them. They obviously don't think like a man does when it comes to action. But that scene when they're in the fun house, I think mm-hmm. that's just executed perfectly. Kathy Ann is the director. So the Birds of Prey movie I really enjoyed. You know, uh, Margot Robbie steps into that role very, very well. Um, I loved, 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 loved Ewan McGregor as uh, Black Mask. Black Mask. That was hands down amazing. Like you know, like I want to see more of him in uh, DC. Uh, mm-hmm. I should I say that he died? <laughs> A little too late now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can edit it out. I'm not going to. Dude. Okay. Well, I, I would like seen to the movie. See- Okay, well, I would like to see uh, Ewan McGregor in it more. Um, I thought he was a strong point. And I liked how he... Okay, you saw it, though, Max, right? Yes, I've seen it of course like four did. or five times. Okay. Did you think he was uh, he was gay? Like, he was part of the gay community? I didn't think so, no, personally. Um, I mean, he could have. Okay. I don't think it mattered, honestly. No, I don't think it mattered... I, no, it didn't. But I like how it wasn't addressed. Is what is what I was yeah, getting. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah, that's what I really wants. appreciate about it. That's um, exactly what I was gonna say. Interpreting but, however you want. What you were saying about how, um, and we're back now that Danilo is not fucking dying over here. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. dude! I'm trying to talk about birds Yo, and over that. here, and you're fucking choking up and shit. Yeah, did you and McGregor get you that fucking excited? No, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead did as Huntress. I love no, that I, character. Okay, yeah, I can see. I want that, but... so much more of that character <laughs> in the following DC fandom. But as I was, saying, I want so much more of the Birds of Prey. As I was saying, man, they actually um for the police scene in the police station, they had yeah, the yeah. John Wick director come in to do that action sequence. Real now that's see that's sick yeah mm. and and you know yeah you can have uh the choreographer be on both movies but the way the director then directs that mm-hmm. the both are the both of those are completely different but that is I didn't know that that's very impressive yeah it's my favorite scene in the movie man excellent choreography it has comedy to it too that's why I think I liked about this movie as well you know oh, yeah, it's there are parts fun to watch yeah and mm. then for my last. Last honorable mention, The Turning. Now, this movie bombed on Rotten Tomatoes. This was a book series as well. It wasn't, and it's a horror movie. Okay. PG-13, it has 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you kidding me right now? I'm not saying go out and watch it, you know. But I will say this. 
You did see it. Yes. I didn't hear, I've never heard of it. The ending of the movie, just, I think it's an honorable mention just for the amount of unanswered questions they had at the end of this movie, in my opinion. Like, there <laughs> were so many things that you could just infer in your imagination. And when I go see a movie, I like to have questions like wrapped up big plot points. But if a side character goes and does something and we never see that side character again, I like that. If he's not, you know, quintessential to the plot, because I like as a viewer to have like kind of fan fiction, you know, of, oh, maybe he went, you know, and did this or maybe they went and did that. So, okay. oh, the only reason why the turning's on here is because just the inane, unanswered questions they had at the end. Okay. It's by no means a good movie. I personally but... hated it, but... That's me. When did this come like, out? Like, it's not... Huh? Like, when... January. Okay, right? gotcha. Yeah. I mean, this was one of those... Like, it only made $18 million. Only? Well, I mean, you know... I'm, yeah, I know. You know what what I mean. was the uh, the budget? Uh, I don't even know. Probably, like, $90 million. Jesus Christ. Just kidding. Oof. It wasn't. Oh, budget was $14 million, So... They made that $4 million. Yeah. <laughs> it's adapted from the Turn of the Screw book. So, in case anyone, any of our listeners um, read that, that, or neither did I. I think it's some English book, like, um, more popular in England. Oh, interesting. That's, okay. where the, that's where the setting was for this movie, I believe. Well, it seemed that way, at least. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. Um... Probably the turning, I guess, if I would rank them. The turning would be last. Birds of Prey second. Soul first, you know. Hmm. All right, well, for my honorable mentions, I will, in no particular order, but I'm going to go ahead and say, since Ikari mentioned it in his, Invisible Man is up there in my honorable mentions. Mm. Really enjoyed that experience. I saw it with Hannah. I think we saw it like the lower budget theater we have around here because they have the better seats. They have the reclining seats. Um, nice experience, though. Enjoyed the film a lot. Nice surprise. Uh, also on this honorable mentions will be Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I'm not a big Matthew McConaughey fan. And I was pleasantly surprised by this. Especially uh, Colin Farrell's performance as well. Did you guys watch The Gentleman? No? I'm looking it up. Hang on. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a reason I didn't see it. Uh, give me one minute. Give me one minute. Did you see the gentleman, Dakari? No, I have not. That's the latest Guy Ritchie movie, right? Yes, I, I loved it, man. That's an honorable mention for me. Um, there's, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but there is a really nice scene where they utilize uh, Shimmy Shimmy Ah. Mm. So. To watch it, my grandparents went to go see it, and they liked it. You, it sounds like you like it since it's an honorable mention. I didn't. I know why I didn't see it. It's because Guy Ritchie did Aladdin, and I and and that news came out, and I and Aladdin was my favorite Disney movie growing up. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not seeing anything Guy Ritchie does just to boycott Aladdin. I'm not seeing the gentleman to give him any money. I'm not seeing Aladdin to give him any money. But I guess I'll have to give it a watch. I think it's on Hulu. So I, I think it is that or Prime mm -hmm. or something. It didn't look interesting from the trailers, in my opinion. I agree. The trailers were awful. I so the, the trailers aren't a good representation of what you watched? Not whatsoever, man. I remember the trailers had a joke where it was like, fuck, 
that have the Asian guy yeah. proud. Yeah, awful, yeah. awful, awful trailers, dude. Looked horrible. Okay, so I'll for sure have to give it a watch then. If the if it's one of those where it's a good movie but the trailers like just blue ass. Wait, what movie? The Gentleman. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen trailer for that. Um. Yeah, that, that, those are my honorable mentions. Nakar, you mentioned you had an extra two you wanted to go ahead and throw in there? No, I had, I had an extra one. Oh, okay, one extra one. Uh-huh. Um, the second, besides In- Invisible Man, was uh, this movie called Swallow, where this housewife starts developing this disease called Pika or Pika, where she would, like, have random cravings for things all over the house, just random little objects like thumbtacks and stuff like that. And I think it's, like, due to her pregnancy because, you know, she's pregnant. And, you know, that kind of really, not only does that, it doesn't just screw up, you know, opportunities that this woman could have with her supposedly, that was supposed to be her significant other. But Mm -hmm. it really kind of shows that, it really kind of shows how people still um, put women under this, standard or under this you know category you know what i'm saying because she's she's a housewife and uh her significant other's family treats her like a little child and the guy is just like he's he's like he whenever he has whenever he wants to have time with her he will like he he's just he's just it seems like he was using her the whole time right and Mm -hmm. you know Throughout the whole movie, you, sh- you just see her slowly start to lash out because of this, you know. Is this a horror movie? It's psychological thriller horror? slash horror. Okay. Psych- psychological, but trust me, the ending is not like what you think. You know what I'm saying? You, you may think she'll lash out in the end, but she doesn't really lash out. So when you say she's saying. craving thumbtacks, she's physically eating thumbtacks? Yeah, like physically eating random yeah. things in the house. Yes. Where did you see this at? Uh, I watched it because I have the Spectrum cable TV, so um, I watched it on um, the uh, free movie. They had a free movie thing going on, and so I was one of them. Okay, so you caught it on TV? Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. you meant like watching a yeah. theater or something. Like that. That's weird. No. <laughs> yeah, that's an honorable mention. That is a damn good movie because we really don't see a lot of movies that really kind of um, focus on um, what society labels women under still. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah, man. It it ain't for everybody. It is kind of disturbing. Actually, it's very disturbing in some parts. Mm -hmm. But um, it it really had a message, and it's kind of important for people to see that, you know, so I definitely recommend it. That sounds really interesting. I completely went over my mind, man. I yeah, it. I almost forgot about that movie. It was good, man. I've never heard of it until now. I'm definitely going to give that a look. Oh, yeah. It's on Hulu with the premium subscription. Oh, uh, so you probably have to have Spectrum. Like HBO in. or yeah. Stars. Yeah. I hate whatever. Those yeah. Hulu's premium shit, man. It's fucking it's, stupid. The thing it's is, stupid. a young housewife with a seemingly perfect marriage and life develops a, a disorder that gives her an irresistible urge to eat inedible objects. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Basically. All righty then, gosh. Yeah. That's an intense honorable mention. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good, though. I'm, 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 
I'm not, no, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dakar, you want to go ahead and start off uh, our top five with your number five film of the year? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Uh, Hold on. Let me look at my list real quick just to see. Okay. So <laughs> I got to say that my number five movie of the year is probably Soul. Soul, okay. Okay. Yeah, my number five movie of the year. Um. For reasons like um, Danilo just said, um, you know, it's a very charming and entertaining movie. And, of course, has another uplifting message, you know, that a lot of people really kind of, you know, I think will really appreciate, especially with people who are trying to make something out of themselves. You know, people who really have yet to uncover their talents, you Mm -hmm. know. It really has a lot to say about that. And in that regard, I really appreciate it. Even though, you know, the, some of the Pixar charm isn't quite there, like Danilo just said, I still think it's possibly the best animated film that's come out this, this past year. I definitely think it's the best animated film. I can tell even one other animated movie that came out. Oh, yeah. Scoob and Trolls. <laughs> the Siege yeah. of Mandalore. That's not a movie, dude. That's, no. Come on. We know that's a movie, Max. You I know wish that's a movie, movie dude. No, you know that's a movie. You know that's a four-part miniseries that gets turned into a movie. Anyways, uh, Danilo, want to go ahead for your number five? Yeah, my number five is stuff you guys both had, I uh, believe, on your armo mentions. Uh, the Invisible Man. Uh, I really and I really enjoyed that movie. It was one I saw in a theater. You know, like I mentioned, it was in Dolby too. So um, I saw. So that's like an AMC thing. You know, Dolby for our view uh, for our listeners. And once you watch something in Dolby, you probably won't go back to IMAX because the screen is bigger. It's about it's not as big as IMAX, but it is pretty big. The color is, I would say, equal to IMAX. You know, like it's not like I'm going to tell a difference if I see one or the other. And the sound is just blared up. And for me, just so the listeners know, I watch everything loud. Like there's not a movie that's under... 30 like volume on my tv set and i could be sitting like five inches from the tv like i watch every movies loud but uh yeah the invisible man for sure is on here the sound design is the thing that truly got like truly made me love the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, the sound mixing editing the score i thought was really good as well and the story i thought was good you know you guys touched on it how it was a different type of reimagining and i thought it was a very you know i thought it was a good reimagining and i thought it was a cool way if they will continue uh, to do this, to kick off this monster universe or whatever they call it, you yeah, know, the Blumhouse monster the thing universe. or something. Is it like Ryan yeah, the dark playing Wolfman? I yeah, just rumors like that, that, you know. So it's a modern take. It's an interesting take mm-hmm. for sure, and the ending's great. You know, I won't spoil it, but it's very it's absolutely incredible. And yeah, it's an incredible ending. So the Invisible Man for sure got my top five spot. You mentioned the score. You know, Mondo actually did a vinyl pressing of the score. Oh, did they? I saw that? I saw mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that. Where it was clear and it had the handprint on. The, yeah, um, I did. Oh my god. Yeah, it's Mondo it's cool. had posters for it too, didn't they? Didn't they have a limited? I think they posters? had at least one poster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So Invisible Man, I think we all collectively agree, was a pretty pretty good movie. Yes, it would have been cool to see in in, um, in Dolby. We didn't even see an IMAX here. We just saw it on a regular screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do too. Uh, but my number five 
was I think my first COVID like in home viewing. I, I missed out a lot of the VOD movies and the streaming platform stuff. I didn't even have time to catch up over these past couple days. Or they just didn't interest me. Um, the whole point of going to a theater and me being okay with trying something new is the theater experience. I have A-list. It doesn't really cost me much to go see a crappy movie. But if I'm choosing to sit on my couch at home for two or three hours, it's a bit different. Especially when I have my girlfriend watching with me who works an opposite shift. But that first, yeah. first post-COVID view would have to be uh, Palm Springs, which I really enjoyed with Andy Samberg. And I forget the, the actress's name. She's in How I Met Your Mother. Um, you may look at this and think it's just a modern take on Groundhog Day. And it does borrow plenty of elements and ideas from Groundhog Day. But this is a fresh take on it, at least. Very entertaining. This um, hilarious. Yeah. J.K. Simmons has a role, too. Loved him in it. Overall, I really loved this, and it was nice seeing Andy Samberg back in something enjoyable. I've loved Andy Samberg since uh, like 2008 on SNL, I believe, is when he started. I could be totally wrong on that, but I loved the Lonely Island growing up. So I've always appreciated Andy Samberg. But number five for me would have to be Palm Springs, and it's available on Hulu. But what were you about to say? I heard about this looked really good. I didn't get around to watch it last year. Mm-hmm. I'll for sure try and check it out this year. But I remember, because I do have Hulu and you know, with the Disney Plus package, and you get ads on that. So yeah. I remember I was watching something, and they advertised this. I'm like, wow, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just, you know, in in one ear, out the other, and I never sat down and looked it up or watched it again. But I do remember seeing a trailer for this, and it did look pretty good. It's hilarious, man. I, I really recommend it. Okay. All right, Dakar, you want to go for your number four? Yeah, uh, number four. I'm thinking. Number four. Number four, I'd probably say the 40-year-old version. What? It's on the 40-year-old version. Not virgin. Oh. (laughs) Yes. What is that? It is. It is a it is the directorial debut, writing and directorial debut of Rada Blank, who also stars as the main character. She's the lead in this movie. It's basically about her character, who is a teacher and a playwright. Um, mm-hmm. She tries to reignite herself by becoming a rapper or a rap artist or reinvent okay. herself. And she's 40. All reaching for you. And, you know, of course we've seen stories like these before, you know, um, young, not young this time, but down on a luck person trying to reinvent themselves, doing something different that they have a passion for. But, you know, things go south for them to, you know, all along the journey things go south and it's a kind of a struggle, but... This is a different kind of struggle, you know, because not only is she 40 years old, but she's black, you know, mm-hmm. and we have and they they touch on how many of the executives behind the bigger picture of the playwright business kind of love to put their stamp on a certain demographic and take ownership of a certain demographic um, easily. So easy, so easily to pounce and latch onto it. You know what I'm saying? 
and it it in that regard it it was showing how um things like that still happen to this very day because it's been happening for decades now um but i loved this movie i i really did it's in black and white um you know and i think a lot of that the black and white solidifies a lot of you know things about the story in the movie which i'm not going to get into cuz it's basically spoilers um but if you're really looking for a meditative, feel-good, hilarious, um, straightforward film from, told from a perspective of a slowly aging um, black woman, I highly recommend this movie. Highly. Number four. For your okay. Version. Is that a Netflix exclusive? or? Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Is it an original buy or is it one of those film things where they purchase the rights and then Netflix exclusive but not Netflix original? Oh, it's Netflix original. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I've, I've definitely watched a lot it. Of the Netflix films this year, honestly. Yeah, man. It's really good. I'm surprised how good it was, man. Definitely gave, gave me some Spike Lee vibes. Pops okay. Definitely. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. Alright, my number four is just going to be like The Turning. This movie's not going to be for everyone. This movie has a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.8 on IMDb, 48 on Mediatric. When it was one of those January dumps. But if you are terrified of the water, well, I'm not terrified, but if you're scared of the water like I am, then underwater is not is my number four. With Kristen Stewart? Underwater? With Kristen Stewart. It was actually pretty decent. The, it, I, had I me, it was pretty decent. It had me for three, for all three acts up until like the very last 10 minutes. And I thought then it just was retarded. But I, I hate the water. I do not go in the water. I'm scared to fly over the water. I will never go on a cruise. So like when these people go to the bottom of the water... Mm-hmm. That terrified me. Like I had so much anxiety watching this movie. Once again, I watched it in a. I didn't see it in Dolby, but it was in IMAX at our theater, so I was able to see it there. Okay. So I don't think it's an IMAX movie, though. I don't think it was shot in IMAX. They just put it in there with the big screen and better sound. But I don't know. You know, Kristen Stewart was the main actress, and yeah, she was in Twilight. She was a Twilight girl, wasn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, you know what a joke of a franchise. But it was yes. a good, uh, yes. it was a, it was an intense, like it kept you on your seat movie. So I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it makes, it goes over the invisible man just because I, I do like horror and I thought it was way more horrifying than the invisible man. Cause I'm just afraid of the water. So do you ever get in pools? Uh, I used to, I don't really go in a pool just for fun though anymore now. I mean, do you ever take showers? Like, yeah, I take a shower, dude. I'm not fucking, you know, <laughs> stupid. But dude, you're terrified what, of fucking water, dude. What? How do you take a shit? Okay, you know exactly what I mean, man. Like, the unknown in the water. <laughs> like, I, I won't go in a lake. Like, if it's just, like, a lake and, like, you know, my friends are going swimming or whatever, I won't go in that shit, dude. Fuck that. I don't know what's in there. Dude, the ocean is 3% explored. Three fucking percent explored. Ninety-seven is unexplored. <laughs> I'm not going in that ninety-seven percent. So you wouldn't go on a cruise? Fuck no, dude. Fuck, Fuck no. Dude. <laughs> Fuck no. 
They're so much fun, dude. Yeah, they're fun until a fucking Megalodon comes up and attacks you. They're fun until Megalodon you hit an ice dog. Fuck you and your Megalodon. What the hell? They're, extinct, they're fun bro. until no one knows how to swim and everyone's drowning and sharks come. What the you know. That's not going to fucking happen, dude. You think this you is don't fucking know that, Jaws? Dude. You don't know that. Yeah, I do know that. I've been on a cruise. It's fun until the cruise gets COVID and everyone gets fucking COVID and <laughs> half of them get the, the funny thing about that, <laughs> oh, so like earlier this, in, in 2020, for Hannah's spring break for her senior year in college, she was like, I want to do something memorable. So we got tickets for a cruise and we're looking and we're like, why are these cruise tickets so cheap? <laughs> no fucking way. You, come on, oh, man. Come on. Really? We went on a cruise in March. <laughs> oh, you didn't Christmas. fucking know about this? Dude, it was before COVID hit the States. When we were on the cruise, COVID <sighs> hit the States. You didn't, you didn't turn on your fucking television set? Dude, we, we know I'm about it. I'm not buying this. I'm not. This is bullshit. Dude, I'm not buying shit. this. Shut, Matter of fact, when we were in NASA, we were in the Bahamas. The the boat that was docked next to ours, they got quarantined at sea. No, I, that's a big... I would be terrified if I got quarantined at sea. Just staying on a fucking boat, dude. Nope, yeah, no apparently, problem. if you're quarantined nah. at sea, they give you a full refund. You're there for the rest of the time for free. Oh, that's pretty lit, but, you know, unless you get COVID and die. Well, who gives a show? We're here for a good time, not a long time. I'm here for a good time. I don't like... Dude, you know who's saying that? Detroit rapper Big Sean! Fuck Big Sean. Okay, chill. Anyway, though, number four was underwater. Um, you know... Like I, not it's not for everyone. It's not an R rated, so you're not gonna see a lot of blood and guts. It's PG thirteen, only an hour and uh, what is it, thirty five minutes. Um, but if you are afraid of the water, and you know this is, I think this is a pretty okay movie. You know, it's a pretty good movie. I thought it was pretty decent, man. I, I, I saw it too. I didn't see it. I hated the trailers. Hannah's mom went to go see it, and she, she like it. Came home and she was like. That was the worst fucking thing I've seen in my whole life. It really isn't that bad. It really she is. hated it. It was hilarious. I- I've seen worse movies. You know, The Trust Rise of Skywalker. Me. But I, nah, nah. I mean, fucked up. I'm not even kidding. That movie isn't that bad. That movie isn't even that bad. It's oh, not that Jesus good, Christ. but ain't that bad. Well, my number four is Tenet. Um, okay. Okay. What, what is there to say about this film that hasn't been said? I'm not going to focus like on a lot of things about Tenet. Because you, I know it's on possibly your list. I'll let you focus on the you're positive. Tell, you're telling me there's like negative it. things about Tenet? What'd you say? You're telling me there's negative things about Tenet? Yes, yes there is. No, there's a lot zero of negative, negative things, things about Tenet. Yes, about tenant. There's negative things being said about it. You guys let me rant about uh, Chapter 16 of the Mando. I'll I'll let you rant about tenant. We'll be even then. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying there's a lot of bad things that that people have been saying about it. But Max, I thought you didn't like it. Dude, tenant is number four on my list because of how visually impressive it is. Really? It's beautiful. It's It's, it's a gorgeous movie. Everything done in this movie, how it's choreographed, how it's shot, is is a the blocking it, insane to me? I can't believe yeah. how hard it was to shoot this film. Now, I can't imagine how hard it was to shoot this film. I hope John David Washington is is nominated at least for something for this movie. Damn, he's going to be big in the next five years. 
Oh, oh yeah. He's playing, I think, Gal- it's, um, he's in he's gonna be like his dad. movie or a show on Netflix. Yeah, Zendaya. yeah. Mal- I gotta see that. Yeah. I gotta see that. Yeah. I've seen Galaxy Film says it first. He's getting an Oscar in the next... What are we gonna say? He gets an Oscar when? Next Next two years? Yeah, next two, maybe three. He, he's okay, gonna be Galaxy, just as big Galaxy as his Film dad. has it right now. He gets an depending Oscar on, in the next two years. Depending on COVID, years. you know, how far he, he wants he's to gonna Okay, be, okay. He's gonna be just as big as his dad, man. I, see I love them in Black Klansman. Love oh, yeah. Black Klansman. Oh yeah, that's another excellent movie. But yeah, keep going about Tenet. My bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's up there because of how impressive it is, dude. This story is so fucking hard to follow, and I understand. Did you see it in a theater? What'd you say? Did you see it in a theater? I saw opening night when theaters opened back up in my town. Yeah, in IMAX. I would I would implore you to watch it with the captions on at home. Yeah, I'm, I might at some I may yeah, if I decide to purchase it. it. And maybe they'll is change it, my mind on the Is it better? Is it better when you watch with the captains? In my opinion, I heard the negative things, like Max just said, that it is a confusing story to follow. I will say, yes, it is. I did rewind it three times. Uh, <laughs> in Two times in the same part, one time in a different part, so I was just clear on what they said. And I had the captions on. And I was like kind of following along with the captions and you know, I think that's I think that's why my experience is probably better than Max's, but you know. Once you get halfway through the movie, it becomes a clusterfuck. And seeing it opening night in IMAX with a theater, and it was the opening night of the theater of that. So the speakers uh, were oddly loud. Even no, for a no. Nolan movie. It no. was like over the top. That's loud. how that's how that's exactly how it is on the home release too. I'm happy you said that. I did a re- I didn't do a review on this, but I have my own top five list on my YouTube channel, and that's the one gripe I had about Tenant. Did you find it where the bass or the background music would be louder than what the actors are saying? That's just a Nolan thing. It's a Nolan thing, but it was overly loud, loud where you weren't even clear on what the the actors were saying. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, like that. That's a technical issue. Someone messed up, in my opinion. But it, it was so hard to follow throughout the entire thing, man. Especially halfway through, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing with that that climactic <laughs> event at the end of it. What it what it meant, what was going on, I, it made no fucking sense. It is number four because how stunning of a movie it is. So oh. maybe if I give it a rewatch and I rewind it with captions, I will love it. But right now, I just like it. It's okay. I, I- I think a movie should, uh, when you do watch it, you shouldn't have to do that, though. I'll, like, you know, That's when you sit down for a movie, four, you know? yeah, yeah, I get that. And the only, I, the only reason I didn't see it in theater was because our theaters aren't open, and they're not really too safe to go back to yet, so. Are they not open still? I don't think so. And if they are, um, like, you can't eat popcorn, you can't drink anything, you're just sitting there with a mask on watching a movie, and why would I pay for that when I can... <laughs> Just buy it at home and eat popcorn and follow along with a confusing movie, you know? That's weird, man. See, here you're allowed to do everything, but you can't take your mask off unless you have some form of concession with you. Our concessions, I don't think, are open at all. That's weird. I I think we have stricter uh, lockdown things, you know, different governors, obviously, but, you know. Uh, What can you do? What is your, uh, your number four? Or your number three, excuse me. My number three. Hold on, give me a second. Because my thing is acting kind of stupid right now. Makes sense. All right. 
So my number three, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. My number three probably be Hamilton. Okay. My Is that a movie though? Hamilton. I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing too, but now that I think about it, it technically is because you know, it not only is it on Disney Plus, but it was really shot professionally. Um, it, it's a it's a professionally shot stage production, and some aspects of it do look like a film. So, I mm. say I say it counts. Um, but but yeah, man, this was this was excellent. This was amazing. Um, I can understand why some people would say it's overrated. It's not something that I would watch all the time because, trust me, you have to have some commitment to sit through Hamilton. All of it is a musical. Every single second is a musical. So you have to be committed to watching this. It's two hours and 40 minutes on top of that. The reason why I love it so much is because of the, the craftsmanship on display, the prowess the musicality, the the um the casting, you know, because you imagine the people that this play is focused on to be, you know, mostly white, but you know, you know how there's theories where you know people would whitewash a lot of things back then. So he just tried, and Lin Manuel just tried to keep that authentic authenticity as much as possible in that regard. But I and really enjoyed this. What didn't they get the original Broadway cast to come back for this? Um, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Okay. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this, man. I, I love the music. I love the story. I love the message. And it's a journey. It's another journey movie. And you really kind of, you really kind of feel, feel the payoff in the end. Um, the only reason I have it at number three is because... I wouldn't watch it as much as the the next two movies that I'm going to say are better than this, in my opinion. Um, But this was pretty flawless, Hmm. in my opinion. Pretty flawless for what it for what it was and for what it did and for the story that it told and for how it was filmed and how and how it was made. It's close to perfection. Oh, interesting. I need to give it a watch, man. That runtime just... Yeah. Oof. That runtime for me, Lynn Marinwell, whatever the hell you say his name, and just the musical aspect, I, I don't know. I, like, I understand. Max I, I got to be in the mood, and, you know, musicals aren't my first thing either, mm-hmm. so I really have to be in the mood, but I for sure have to check it out. But, yeah, it's not all classical neither. It definitely is very modern. You know, it en- encompasses a lot of different genres of music like jazz, R&B, swing, even pop. There's even a uh, a cabinet meeting, which is kind of playing out like a rap battle between Lin-Manuel Miranda and David Diggs, um, which was really entertaining. So, you know, it's very, very modern. Yeah, I've heard some of the I soundtrack. Think that, uh, Hannah will play in a car sometimes. The soundtrack is dope, man. I think that's what turns me off about it, to be honest with you guys, uh, how it is more modern. Like, I don't know. I guess my mind just thinks, like, if it's from that time period, it should be, you know, kind of traditional play and classical music, things like that, and not so uh, modern and reimagined. But, hey, he took a a risk. It clearly paid off, considering, you know, how popular this thing is. So, you know, 
You gotta Dude, applaud it's, that. It's fucking impossible to get tickets to this thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know. I mean, we took a risk and it clearly paid off. Like clearly. <laughs> So, so that's why you have it on Disney Plus now. Yeah, best, then, uh, best yeah. seat in the house. Something went wrong with that, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was originally supposed to be a full feature film, but I don't know if it was due to COVID and like losing sales of the tickets. They pushed it forward. <clears throat> I don't think that was the case. I don't think that was the case because the version we actually got was actually filmed in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah, it says the date on it at the beginning and everything, so. That's weird that they've just been sitting on it. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they might have just had some reshoots. I don't know. Hmm. Well, Danilo, you are up next, sir, for your number three. Number three. The last movie I saw in a theater, it was, I think, five, four days before they closed them. Pixar movie, and I think it's only so high, honestly, because it is the last movie that I saw in a theater, so it has that, you know, special meaning, and I saw it with my sister, we usually went to go see, like, these Pixar-type movies, and so number uh, three is Onward. Um, I really enjoyed that. It was about two brothers, Um, so sibling relationship, older and younger, Mm -hmm. and I have a younger sister, so I could, you know, resonate with the characters, like, really well, actually because of that sibling relationship. Um, it's not the best Pixar movie by any means. It's on Disney Plus if anyone wants to give it a watch. Um, but, I don't know, just the sibling aspect really, it really, like, struck a struck a good chord with me, you know? Like, struck, struck me good in the heart. So, I really enjoyed Onward. Um, I think the wor- their, their world building in this movie is just phenomenal. Like, absolutely hands-down phenomenal. Just the old uh, fantasy-type uh, uh, world that they have, like trolls, ogres, uh, uh, griffins, you know. Like, that to me is really cool. So, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it had a nice heartfelt message, like all Pixar does. And I think, once again, it diluted a big family-type narrative that a kid may not understand into a wonderfully crafted kids narrative movie. So hmm. yeah, yeah I, I really I totally enjoyed it. Skipped out onward. I might check it out. Totally skipped. Man. I hated the trailers. Um, modern Pixar other than sequels just don't do it for me. Okay. Um, it's, I hated the good dinosaur for, <laughs> it wasn't enjoyable. I skipped Coco. I skipped inside out in, I'm, Onward didn't look that great, so I just skipped it. Never got around to watching it. I will at some point, I'm sure, but... Another thing about Onward is my sister likes Tom Holland, and he was obviously the voice actor for one of the... Uh, okay. For the main character, so that's another reason why we kind of went to go see it. I, you know, I'm not... Like, I'm not... I'm not not a Tom Holland fan, but, you know, I like when he's in a different thing besides, uh, you know, just a superhero classic, classic tale, but it was a good movie, you know? It's a fun watch, I guess. You know, you could like, you can kind of like turn it on if you're doing something at home, clean the house. You know, okay, so it's, not a, it's a good background film. Yeah, good background film. You know, if you're paying like attention, eighty, eight, seventy-five percent to eighty percent, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get what you get out of it, kind of. Gotcha. Well, that being said, my number three is Soul. I know I said my okay. big fan of modern Pixar. 
Um, mm-hmm. Soul brought that that charm back into it for me. We discussed this last episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. Really enjoyed it. Um, I love the message. It's very heartfelt. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous movie overall as well. Um, but Soul really has me interested again in modern Pixar original projects other than just sequels. Because I love Toy Story 4. I loved Cars 3. Didn't like Incredibles 2. But I do like things like Monsters University still. So this was refreshing. You like Monsters University? Yeah. That's, that was. Right, a, that I'm was so a, happy to hear that. That was. That's a, great a dope movie. movie. I like it too. Yeah. yeah, I think it's dope. I know people who hate that movie, and I'm like, that no, movie's sick. That I also movie's like so Finding Dory. Okay. That movie's We're so charming. Okay. That movie is so charming. I also like Finding Dory. I know, I know a lot of people don't like that either. I don't like Incredibles I, two. Oh, Incredibles no, like two was dope. Oh, Incredibles two. That was good. Ugh. Oh, um, man. But yeah, Soul has me interested, and it makes me want to go ahead and watch Inside Out and Coco and Onward. So for that, I give it my number three spot. And so for number watch, two, oh. I'll go ahead. Watch Onward last, I would say. I would mm-hmm. watch Inside Out for – I would watch Inside Out, Coco, and then Onward if I had to tell you, like, you know. So you're not, like, instantly turned off once again by uh, Pixar. <laughs> okay. Mm. So for number well, two, I mean, what are you looking at, Dakari? Number two, I'm looking at Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. This was a damn good film. And I mean that in almost every way possible. I have one issue. And like I said last episode, it was some weird technical thing that they did with the zoom in camera angles that I wasn't really a fan of. But that's just a little tidbit that I have with that movie but this film is like possibly the best representation of performance and dialogue oriented films that I've seen in a long time mm-hmm. um, it's based off a place you can kind of tell Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman possibly give the best performances of their entire career so far Chadwick Boseman may have given his best I'm not saying that just because he's passed and Things like that, but he represented himself so well and he understood his character so well that whenever he had monologues on screen, it just the passion that he had from this role just was seeping through him and it was leaping off the screen. I felt his energy. He was so good in this movie. Um, I agree, I agree. Yeah, and I really like the story. You know, it kind of focus, focuses on, it takes place in the 20s. And it kind of focuses on these struggles of black artists really trying to make a name for themselves without the higher powers just latching onto it and just taking ownership of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That and, and and it was it's all about the idea of just making music, you know, their own free will, using their freedom of speech, you know, just without anyone just touching it because they take their music seriously. You know, and it just really shows the unfortunate reality of how far that passion will go, if you get what I'm saying. And that's depending on or in the point of view of these executives. But this was a wonderful film. It uh, Not only does it focus on the music aspect of things, but it gets a little personal, you know, when it comes to like ancestral um history and 
just things of that nature. You know, the dialogue really kind of puts emphasis on, you know, um, the ancestral ties of African-Americans and the turmoil that African-Americans had to go through during this time period, 1920s. Um, so it really put oh. emphasis on that. And I was and I was really happy to see it. So this was one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. Man, uh, this... does it... Hmm? Oscar... Uh, is it going to get Oscar nods? Definitely Oscar worthy. Okay. What? Yeah, I, I haven't would seen say... it. I'm, yeah, I'm asking you for you know for you to elaborate on it. That's all. Yes, if, if Chad most Boseman definitely was still alive. Most definitely for his performance. Yes, yes. Do you think he'll still get it, Takari? Do you think he'll still get an Oscar nod? He should get at least a nomination. At least. Okay. Yeah. At See, least. I don't. I don't know what it would get nominated for since Chadwick's past. Um, best actor. Can can you still be nominated if you passed away? Didn't they do it with Heath Ledger? They did. They did it with Heath Ledger. Yeah. Okay. You. I totally forgot. Because he that. died okay. like right after the movie was released or something like that. I, I totally forgot about that. Right. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I think. I, I think he's worthy for being nominated. Based off my. And he has the five ah. bloods. <laughs> I skipped the five bloods. And I thought year. my I skipped that too. Bad. You skipped the five bloods? Huh, that's funny. We both did. Let's, watch it today. Let's continue. Let's continue. <laughs> I meant to watch it today, man. I carried away. It's a long movie. And Anyway, you guys like Ma Rainey? Or have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen I it. have you not seen it? seen it. I've seen it. It's been trending on Letterboxd. It's been trending on Twitter. I just have not got... First of all, I didn't even know it was a Netflix movie. So oh, yeah, I might watch it. I might watch it tomorrow. I have tomorrow off. Yeah, it's really it's damn very good, poorly man. advertised. Very. I, I, very. A lot so, of movies so this nothing year about have it. been poorly very. advertised. A like, lot of movies. I didn't even see it popping up on like the what's the new tab on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Exactly. Takari, do you think there's a reason why that is? Probably. Do they do they do a sub? Do they talk about a subject matter in the movie? There's some somewhat touchy subject matter in the movie. Okay. Somewhat. It, it's I think because somewhat. I think Max know what I'm talking about. It, it's touchy, Go. but it's not like Spike Lee touchy like uh, like Defy Bloods, I assume at least. Based on Nah, what I've seen. I mean Defy Bloods ain't really touchy. You know, because I mean it's about it's it's a war movie, so it really kind of touches on PTSD and all that. So it's not really touchy. If you okay. I didn't know it I just meant like uh, Dark Waters. You guys ever hear of that movie with Mark yeah, Ruffalo? Yeah, I, I heard about mm-hmm. it. No advertising whatsoever. No. I love the movie. Like there, I think like I was seeing no advertising, nothing. And the reason why I thought it was because they were really going after Dupont, making them look like total, you know, an absolute shit show, which they were. But you know, I I thought there was something bigger there. But that's just a conspiracy. Guy talking, you know. So, what is your number two, Daniela? My number two is another is a Netflix movie. Um, it's the Trial of the Chicago Seven. I skipped okay. that too. Me too. I talked about this movie in my YouTube uh, review that I have on my channel, and it's a uh, it's a movie that's very fitting for the times right now. It's a movie. Uh-huh. I, I was always the rebellious kid at school, and if it, you know, so I was always against the establishment. Always against 
you know, uh, trying to just push the envelope as far as I can to see what I can get away with would be just a great example of it. And this is a movie that completely goes against the establishment. You know, whatever that establishment may be in your head, it, you, you know, it's clear here that it's the United States of America is the establishment in this movie. You know, you can re- then relate that to yourself and everything that you've gone against in your time. But The Trial of the Chicago 7 was a great, great movie. I don't read books. I don't pay attention to history unless it's in a media-type form, YouTube, movie, something like that. So when I do come across uh, kind of uh, non-fictionalized, fictionalized movies, I really, really enjoy them because it's a story I probably either heard and didn't care about when I, I learned about it in school or, you know... Or a story that's just not taught in school. And this is something that wasn't taught in school. We barely go over the Vietnam War in, in Michigan's education, um, at least. You know, and I'm not trying to make it political or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, bringing, stuff, bringing things like this to light, I think mm-hmm. is very, very important with films. You know, giving a voice to these types of cases, these types of stories that do, in my opinion, tend to fly very under the radar or kind of swept under the rug. But it's a great going against the establishment movie. It's a great uh, that that's really what it is. It's going against the establishment, standing up for what you believe in, and not backing down. A great rebellion type story with these seven people, and it leads then into Judas and the Black Messiah. It kind of does, you know. There's no like connection, like like in Star Wars, you know, like canon connection. Mm-hmm. But we do meet Fred Hampton in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. A bit of him. And we see, we hear what happens to him, and then that just made me more excited for Judas and the Black Messiah, which I mentioned in the last review. It's one of my most anticipated movies because of Daniel Kaluuya. So I forgot the movie was coming out. I need to give it a view. I've, I've like I said, I've heard about it before on other podcasts and other tweets. Sounds great. I'll give it that. Yeah, it, it's it's a real it, it's a good watch. It's a good it's and here's another thing I like about it. So real quick. It's called The Trial of the Chicago 7. So usually when, you know, it's a trial movie, we see the action that is the action first, and that's the reason why they're at the trial. Then we get the trial, mm-hmm. you know, and then we sometimes go back. This movie, I thought, did a, a unique way of doing it where we start at the trial. Like, we start on day two. Like, we instantly jump right into this trial, and we work our way back to why are they there. I okay. thought that was great. I thought that was just unique. I don't remember the last time I've seen it. You know, as I mentioned before, we usually see what builds up to the trial instead of the trial, mm-hmm. and then we start unraveling it. So I thought that was a cool way of telling it, too. That's a nice, unique way. Mm-hmm. So, Child of the Chicago Sun was my number two. So my number two, we've discussed it now twice as well. I'll keep it short and simple. Birds of Prey. Loved it. Great, fun time. I'm so glad Margot Robbie had the chance to be comfortable in this role of Harley Quinn. I love Margot Robbie as Harley. This is my favorite DCEU movie. I rewatched it again like two weeks ago. Beautiful movie. Love it. Tons of fun. I want to keep it at that. So, uh, number one, what is your number one film, Nagari? Uh, my number one film has to be Wonder Woman 1984. What? I'm what? joking. I'm joking. Oh. Okay, obviously joking. <laughs> you were like, you look so serious, fuck? man. Shit. I'm joking. I was like, holy shit. I am joking. All right. Swallow sounded better than that shit show. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> hey, yo, for real, my number one film of the year is, it's got to be The Five Bloods. 
Okay. It's got to be the five bloods, man. I know y'all haven't seen it because, I mean, the runtime is, you know, a bit in- intimidating. It doesn't really feel like it, though. Because the story is just so well-crafted and so well-made. Like, Spike Lee, with this and Black Klansman, he's really proving himself to still be one of the best filmmakers out there. Because mm. not only... He infuses documentary-style filmmaking and narrative-style filmmaking, unlike a lot of filmmakers out there. You know what I'm saying? And not only was I captivated by the source material that he was bringing and, you know, the, um, the evidence and the receipts that he was uh, showing us to progress the narrative, but I was highly invested in the character developments and the character study and all the characters. The, character, the characterization in this movie is really what had me focused because... I felt so emotionally attached to everyone in this movie. Almost everyone in this movie. Um, and of course, Chadwick Boseman is in here as well. I know it's ironic because I just talked about Marlene's Black Bottom. He's in there. But trust me, Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> he fucking kills. He killed it this year, man. I hate he had to go. But he killed it this year, man. And this was another great performance. But before I think the highlight of this movie was definitely Delroy Lindo. Okay. Uh, he was he was fucking fantastic. His monologues in this movie is what really kind of captivated me and kind of, you know, helped me stay on board throughout this two and a half hour movie, which, again, it doesn't feel like it. Um, it just really has a lot to say about what it means being a black man in America. And I know I'm talking a lot about this, but these movies that I really loved the most, really put an emphasis on black culture that I honestly haven't seen in a while. I haven't seen it being represented so well and being defined and described pretty well, pretty accurately in terms of 2020. I haven't seen good of the, this, this good strand of, of movies focusing on this subject matter, and I don't know when. Um, yeah, I was engaged throughout the entire film. I was emotionally attached. Um, it really kind of delves into the deeper meaning of what it means, like I said, to be a black man in America and especially being drafted in war and specifically Vietnam and how that affected so many veterans and so many people that were involved in the war to this very day. And it just shows how we can go out of our way to fight for their country, but people don't go out of, go out of their way to fight for us. Mm-hmm. But we, but, and this country was built off of our back. And boy, we did all this shit. Where's our fucking credit? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, this was my favorite movie of the year. It was hilarious. It was, it was fucking hilarious, dude. I'm surprised how funny this movie was. It's very emotional. It the movie is shot incredibly well. I love the aspect ratio changes. Um, really, my only issue with the movie involves spoilers. This movie isn't really flawless per se, but this is the most fun. This is the most attention grabbing. This is the most 
entertaining film experience that I've had all year. And I sat down in my house and watched it on my TV. That's how fucking good this movie is, in my opinion. So Spike Lee has done it again with the Five Bloods, and it's my favorite movie of 2020. Yeah, I still need to give it a view, man. I love Black Clans, and I like some of his other work, too. Especially Do the Right Things. I am looking forward to... Do the Right Things my favorite Spike Lee. Eventually, I will be giving this a nice view. Yeah, man, definitely watch it, man. It, it, and, it, and especially in the context of 2020, man, it really kind of builds up on a certain narrative which needs to be, you know, it brings awareness to that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys would appreciate it as much as I did, man. So I damn near teared up during that movie. <laughs> Trust me, man. It, there's some shit that goes down in there, too. You won't even see it coming. It's crazy. Yeah, Five Bloods, man. Watch wow. that. All right, you're up next. What's your number one film, bro? Well, we talked about it earlier. Everyone said there were some complaints about it. But my number one movie is Tenet. It's amazing. It's ah. beautiful. I'm so upset I wasn't able to see this in a theater. The score was incredible. The sound design along with the score was incredible. The acting's amazing. The story was unique. It's a risk-taking type film. You know, look, at his budget was $300 million or something like that, which is just insane. Um, it's an original idea. What a fucking concept to have in 2020. No reboot, no remake, you know, no reimagined. An original fucking idea. Christopher Nolan stepped up to the plate and knocked it, knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Tenet is just, it, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it is confusing. I did have to rewind it a few times with the captions on. No, I don't think if it's a good movie, it should have to do that. But just, you know, I can cancel that out and look at just the movie in it, it, a whole. And it's it's great. It, it's truly great. The, the little, like, time travel type, time cops kind of MI6 vibe, you know. Like, that's that's so sweet to me. He, he likes to play with time, and this was such a unique way of doing it, something we have, I don't think, ever seen before. Um, there may be something out there like it, but I, I haven't come across it. And, you know, it makes me more excited for Pattinson as Batman. Oh, yeah, makes me more excited. <laughs> makes me more excited for uh, Denzel's kid and his career to go even far farther. You know, it takes twists and turns along it. You know, there's fan theories out there. There's discussion around it. And that's what I love about movies as well. Discussion and fan theories, a communal experience. You know, I think a movie should be communally watched with people in a theater so you can talk about it after the movie ends. You know, you turn to your neighbor and like, hey, man, did you like it? Yeah, didn't like it, whatever. And Tenet, I, 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 I wish I saw it in a theater. So there was someone else, you know, besides you guys and friends at work who I talked to about it, you know, mm -hmm. just an average Joe sitting next to me who just got off from a nine to five or something like that, talking about, you know, this, this wonderfully crafted movie. I don't know what he has next up his sleeve. Nolan, you know, I don't know like what he said he's going to do or if he's working on something. But this look, this was hands down amazing. That opening scene and opening score alone, mm. beautiful, beautiful. See, I saw the opening scene repeatedly when I saw Rise of Skywalker. 
So did I. So did I. How many times do you see Rise of Skywalker? I didn't see it in IMAX, though, so I can't remember. I saw it four times. Oh, okay. I saw it six. You saw Rise of Skywalker four times? In two days, I saw it four times. Never saw it after that. In two days? Yeah. (laughs) Two two days on the Thursday night preview, two days on Friday, and then I never saw it again. Why did you see it that many times? I had tickets for the first one. My cousin and I went to go see it. Um, that and then Friday, so that was Thursday. Then Friday, I went to go see it with uh, a friend and then family. Mm. And then you know, so it was already like pre pre planned out, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I I think I only would have saw it like two, one or two times. Because by the fourth time, I'm like I'm I'm done. I'm not watching this anymore. I feel you. But um, but yeah, I did see you repeatedly. You didn't care for it. But the when time you saw I it saw again, it for... in theater, it was like yeah. Ah, oh, see that opening scene still got me. <sighs> I I had that I turned up, and I you know what I would have liked more about the opening scene is if they kept the classical music going. I'll get into it when we talk about our experiences. I'm a sucker for classical music in a film. And when um, they were all uh, getting in tune, their violins and their strings, I thought that would be so sick to have them play while every all, the, all that action's going on. But I don't know. It, it, it was a risk-taking film, and that's what I also enjoy about it. An original idea as well. All right, well, <laughs> my number one film. Man, so I, I want to start by saying, usually I have no faith, for the most part, in quality of Netflix films. Mm-hmm. I just don't. When you say, hey, I got a Netflix original, you want to come watch it? I'm thinking it's an Adam Sandler movie. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not That's thinking facts. it'll be Cinema That's Gold facts. or anything. Like, I'm thinking Hubie Halloween. Yeah, like, I'm thinking low budget, you know, just a, a, a <laughs> yeah, joke yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched this recently, and I'll, I'll tell you, man, I was blown away by this. My number one film is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, for real? I, I no love every second of it, yes. Okay, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, absolutely great, man. Um, I, first, I didn't know it was a play, actually, until after the credits roll and it says, you know, it was an adaption of, of a play. Oh, after the, the monologue, the, the scene that, Chadwick Boseman should be nominated for. It hit me hard, man. I I was crushed. I had to pause the movie. And I I had to think about that scene for like half an hour before I could continue. And then when I started back up and it goes to the the Leftovers monologue, I was like, that is a perfect intermission. What the hell? Then I was like, oh, it's a play. That makes sense why it's intermission. But I, I hope so much, man, that he's nominated. Please. That scene alone is one of the best things I've seen filmed this year. And wow. it, it's heartbreaking watch it. watching this movie, knowing that Chadwick's past and this is his final film, because you can physically see his appearance. He, he doesn't look like the Chala. You know, he's not buff no, and he's not. Muscular, yeah. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking. You can see him give this in depth of a performance and get put this much emotion and energy into it. 
He was sick the whole time, man. Like this crazy is what makes film so important to capture these performances so we can forever see them and forever hold them. Oh yeah. So this all oh, I love this so much. And aside from those from Chadwick Boseman, you know, um, it reminds me so much of the first movie to make me respect movies. And that is Reservoir Dogs by Tarantino. Okay. It reminds me so much of it in that sense that this movie takes place in one building for almost the entire movie. Like, yeah, they go outside the building for a scene, and they go across the street for, like, 20, 30 seconds. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. this movie is in one building in three rooms, just like Reservoir Dogs. And it has that vibe. Go ahead. Does this connect with that One Night in Miami movie? Cause that, no, no. That's all take place in a that takes uh, takes place in a hotel too. No, that no, because that movie's about it takes place in the sixties. It, it, um, it deals with people like Muhammad Ali, oh, Mal- okay, Malcolm okay. X, and Sam Cooke, and some other guy I can't remember. But oh, I yeah, still got to see that was, too. You said this was the twenties, the nineteen twenties somewhere. Okay. Okay. I got to see that, too. That one's directed by Regina King and written by Kemp Powers. Like, Regina King directing, I got to see that. And one other thing, man. I'm, I'm a sucker for for city views. I absolutely oh, yeah. adore. I went to New York for my 20th birthday. Hannah took me. Best time of my life right there. And so seeing certain city views captured on film is is heartwarming to me. So seeing the, the long shot, it is green screen, obviously. Yeah, it the, is. The 20s Chicago skyscrapers loved it. This it, is it was a nice perfect timepiece. I enjoyed it so much. Um, and I will I will end my statement by saying two things. Number one, Violet Davis is fucking terrifying, okay? <laughs> I, she was hey, she was scary in this movie, man. I loved it, man. She and everything See how to get away with murder? Dude, guess what I want to say? Everything I see Viola Davis in, she fucking scares me more and more and more. Yeah, so Suicide Squad, I feel like she could beat me up. How to Get Away with Murder, Hannah made me watch it with her, and I feel like this bitch could like beat it? me up in court. Yeah. I'm watching so it So sick. And then so this, sick. I feel like she's just going to cuss me out in the street if I ever see her. I would never I want to, to meet her. I love it, man. Never. I, I love it. She is Does she so have cool a big part it. in it? She's, she's Ma Rainey. She's my okay, ring. okay. I'll, yeah. I'll have, I'll for sure have to watch it then, because I love Viola Davis and stuff. So yeah, she's amazing, man, as always. And the the ending, jaw on the floor. Yeah, crushing. Yeah, I, I I wasn't. I mean, I didn't see it coming, but I wasn't surprised. If you get exactly, what I'm yeah. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Completely agree. Marvin Black Bottom deserves the number one spot, in my opinion. That's More crushing pick, than uh, the Jojo Rabbit scene. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. Don't spoil it, please. <laughs> please With don't the spoil shoes. It. Don't spoil it. You know what I'm talking oh, that's about. It's a different Max? kind of crushing. Different kind. It, okay. Okay. Yeah. Totally okay. different. Yeah. All that right. kind of that kind of plays into what I was talking about on how you know the artists try to really make a voice for themselves back then. And then you know they try to pounce on it, try to take ownership of it. I didn't want to say too much because I didn't want you. I wanted you to be surprised. It was my number one. Oh yeah, but yeah, man, that's, I, a, that's a great pick, that. man. I, I loved it, and I, it feels a little bit wrong for me to say because I just watched it the other day. But man, I adored this. Oh, this, yeah. 
I'll give it to him, man. Netflix has turned me wrong for once. The past two years, my favorite films have been A24 films. And I can say that, okay, A24 isn't on this list. No. Netflix has been putting out better and better stuff year by year. I mean, look at last year. We got Marriage Story, The Irishman, Roma the, the Irishman year before that, damn or the year good. after. My God. That was my favorite movie of last year, Irishman. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I didn't get to see Parasite or Lighthouse or Portrait of a Lady on Fire or Marriage Story last year. I just saw Irishman and a couple other movies that I like. But out of all the movies that I saw last year, that was my favorite, was The Irishman. Oh, I I just looked at the list. I actually I forgot to mention one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> oh jeez, what uh, one was last it? Last one, very brief. The way back with Ben Affleck. Loved it. Oh oh, uh, the way back with my okay okay okay. Hey, yeah. that girl from Battlefront Two's in there. She do okay. Oh, she's very 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 limited to role. Okay. Yeah, she okay. plays Ben Affleck's uh, ex-wife. Ex-wife, oh. yeah. Yeah, Mari's Black Bottom's number one for me. Definitely, absolutely adored it. Yeah, man, I got fucking three Netflix movies on my list, so they ought to tell you, man. They're doing something with these movies, for real. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch it, for sure. I'll for sure De- have to and, watch. and definitely watch The Five Bloods and Four-Year-Old Version, those two movies right there. Especially The Five Bloods, man. I it's a to. good... It, it, that's a, it, hey, it, I say it's a great war movie. Okay. Another great war movie, for sure. I have not dived into... Uh, Spike Lee's filmography at all. I've only you, seen the Black Klansman. I haven't listen, seen Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing's great. His other ones. L- listen, that, I know do, listen. it's coming to 4K this year. I think, isn't it? I have a Criterion. I have the oh, regular okay. brutal. I have the regular Blu-ray, but I need the Criterion because that is my favorite Spike Lee, and that is in my top ten favorite films of all time. It's great, yeah. It's Giancarlo's Giancarlo in it. Yeah, uh, uh, Moff Gideon's in it. I'll have to watch it. I know he's a good director. Uh, you know, I saw it from Black Klansman. Like the dude can direct. Mm-hmm. I just, I just haven't dived into his filmography yet. So I'll give it. I'll, I'll have to go into it maybe this year. Well, most definitely. Please do. Now we are a little bit over an hour and a half at this point. So let's go ahead and end off the episode with our top viewing experiences for 2020, and we'll save our recent views for next episode. Right, right. We're only doing. One of the experiences. No, go ahead and give your your, your whole list. Um, Dakari, okay, go okay. ahead and go on. Uh, I must say one of them was definitely Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai. Good choice. Good choice. Um, because it was really it was pretty late at night. I was watching it at ten, and basically my mom, my brother was asleep, and I was downstairs, and the lights were dim. I was downstairs in the living room watching the movie, and it was the perfect mood. Like everything. Mm-hmm. I had had me a, a good cup of coffee watching the fucking movie. Man, it was it was beautiful, and of course the the mood that the film kind of exuded kind of matched everything that I was in, and it was just so perfect, man. Yeah, Ghost Dog's fucking flawless, and I'm trying to look for some more experience because these are experiences that I've had in my house. But I will say that I had a good experience watching Wonder Woman 1984. That's another good experience because even though that movie was okay at best, it was really fun seeing seeing it seeing another film in IMAX. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, another film that I had a great experience watching was 
an old school kung fu flick called Shaolin Temple from 1976. I had this movie on DVD for the longest, but I never watched it. Listen, if Avengers Infinity War or Avengers Endgame were a kung fu movie, it'd be this. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's that fucking good. It's the, for a kung fu movie, it's that fucking good. Um, basically, it kind of like... It's a part of the Shaolin Cycle films, all directed by infamous martial arts film director Chang Che, who was one of my favorites. Um, <clears throat> this is basically the last film that he's made for the Shaolin Cycle, and it basically kind of rounds up all the main folk hero storylines or character arcs in the Shaolin Temple. And it takes place, the entire film takes place in the Shaolin Temple, in one place, and it's like two hours and some minutes. All right, that's interesting. Yeah, that is a damn good film. Um, what's another good viewing experience that I've had this year? I'm looking at all this stuff right now. I say Hamilton was a decent viewing experience, but I mean, shoot, I don't know. Parasite. Parasite was interesting because I saw <laughs> it for the first time this year. I had to watch it like five to six times this year to really understand it. And... Trust me, by the fifth time, I was just like, yo, this movie's fucking perfect. It deserves best picture. It deserves all that shit. It, a matter of fact, it's literally like number six um, on my top ten favorite movies of all time. Like, it, it's, it's really that good. And I'm glad I took that time to really sit down and watch, watch it as many times as I did. Because it really showed in my review. Like, I just let everything out that, it, that was on my mind in my review. And again, that's another great viewing experience that I've had, man. I felt privileged watching that movie was that good. Uncut Gems is another one. That movie is insane. I saw it for the mm -hmm. first time this year. Yeah, man, I watched it three times in the same week. Because it I was that twice good. in theaters, yeah, man. I loved Uncut Gems. It was that good, man. Uh, yeah, I fucking... got fucking Adam Sandler staring at me while I'm on the couch. Honestly, above my uh, TV. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Uh, like, just the score, the acting, mm -hmm. the, atmos the atmosphere, everything about Uncut Gems fucking works. Especially the score. I wasn't... The score caught me off guard when I first saw it. Yeah. Um, uh, Defy Bloods, like I said, that's a notable experience because I had a lot of fun watching that while I was basically kind of torn because of how emotional it was. But I just sat down in my living room and watched that shit, and I felt like I was watching it on a big fucking screen because of how impacted I was by it, you know? Um, Dragon Inn from 1967, that's a movie I have on Criterion. Another martial arts film, which I think is extremely beautiful. Beautifully shot, nice to look at. The blocking is fucking swift as hell. Um has a straightforward story you know about this uh unit capturing this um official's family for betrayal and then these um warriors these um travelers kind of have to save the family from trouble um and the dragon in is where it all takes place this was a from 1967 it was kind of ahead of its time especially for the visuals the cinematography the writing it, it was it was it's a perfect film um let me see i'm i'm looking for more Fast Color. Fast Color came out in 2018, but this movie was interesting. Um, it's basically a, another black... It's an indie film. It's a black superhero film. It's a woman forced to go on the run after 
she's forced to go on the run when her superhuman abilities are discovered and she has to, you know, stay in hiding after all those years to really kind of control them with the support of her family. And it's, it's another great journey type of film that I had a lot of fun watching. Uh, the Lighthouse was fucking dope. I had to see that, watch that movie three times because that movie was insane. Three and times for The Lighthouse? Hell yes. Good lord. And you watch Robert Patterson or Pattinson jerk off and come three times? I, I didn't want to see it. But I was this back to back experiences? Huh? <laughs> Did you watch no, this back to back? I watched it twice in the same week, and then the third time, same the week, week or after. same day. No, I watched it twice in the same week, and then three, and a third time the next week. So it's like, Dang, I didn't. Man. I didn't. I didn't watch I feel it like for Robert Pattinson that much jerking off. <laughs> Stop being funny. Like I'm being serious right now. Like, bro, you want that the... Batcock? No. Stop. First frog lady. Now that Jesus Christ, dude. dude, chill out. Come on, man. You play too much. <laughs> oh like, bro, shit. That, that movie really makes you think about a lot of shit psychologically, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I um, guess there's more to think about than just the. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. The... <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was incredible. I, ha- I bought that on Blu-ray. First time watch this year. Dakari, I hate to interrupt you. Are you just reading your entire watch list? No, yeah. no, no, no. No, I'm not. Um, oh, City of God was really good. I saw that for the first time this year. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um... Yeah, I guess I'll stop there because there's some more, but I'm already talking too much already, so I'm gonna stop. There's more. There was a couple more. Yep, there was definitely a couple more. (laughs) Goodness, bro, only good (laughs) eleven. There was definitely a couple more. Actually, let let me just get them out the way. I'm already saying Invisible (laughs) Man. Um, Invisible Man was one of them. I already said that. Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan was really good. Again, another. That's on HBO. Yeah, that's a really good film. Uh, like another, per- it, it, it like really kind of focuses on a different perspective when it comes to like incarceration and everything, and how execution is handled, and how unfair it seems to be when it when it comes to the falsely accused. And the last one is a vigilante, which came out in twenty eighteen. It stars Olivia Wilde as the May as, in the lead, and is written and directed by Sarah Dagger Nixon, who I think is first time. What director. was her? Wait, what was her name? Sarah Dagger Nixon. Oh, okay. Yeah. This movie was fucking spectacular. Like, I, like my mom and I, one weekend, we were just scrolling for films to watch, and that caught our eye because it was a movie about this average female who seems average. She devotes herself to ridding victims of um, their domestic abusers while hunting down the one that she must kill to be truly free. So she has demons of her own while she's helping other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that is a one hell of a character study of a movie. Honestly. Like, Olivia Wilde possibly gets one of the best performances that I've ever seen from anybody. She is that damn good in this movie. Um, <clears throat> I just really like how simple the story is. 
how subtle the symbolism and the metaphorical imagery is. It's a very meditative, raw, in-your-face, in-the-moment type of movie. It really kind of, you know, wants you to see everything. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes seeing everything ain't for everybody. But for this type of story, I think it works on almost every level, man. So I definitely recommend a vigilante. And that's the end of my <laughs> journal of memorable viewing experiences this year. Well, that was very lengthy. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> no problem, man. I just didn't realize I had that much. All right, Danilo, go ahead and share yours, my good sir. I only have three, so it shouldn't take long. Um, the first one was Onward. Like I said, um, you know, it was the last movie I saw in a theater. So it's all, especially before this whole, you know, bullshit COVID. You know, not that COVID's bullshit. You, you can add that out. You know what I mean? You know, it was just the last movie I saw in a theater. So it, like, holds a special place before COVID hit, you know? Like, last time sitting in a theater. The theater was empty, too. It was just me and my sister, so that was pretty cool. You know, like, we could, like, talk kind of during the movie, laugh, you know, louder than usual. So that was fun. Next movie is Office Space. I watched this movie in high school. I didn't appreciate it that much in high school. I was like, eh, it's kind of like office humor, you know, satirical. Mm. Well, you know, I work a lot more now. I'm in college, and so we watched it uh, beginning of March uh, before quarantine. In one of my classes, we did a little study on it about parody and everything. Oh, my God. This movie's hands down made one of the greatest movies ever made. Office Space is probably my top ten of films of all time. Just the sheer amount of, you know, quick wittiness, just the relatability to just corporate America in this movie mm-hmm. is just like, it's satirical. It's funny. You've got to laugh at just how depressing corporate America life is. And office space makes you do that. You know, it has a good time with it. Jennifer Aniston's in it. Uh, every, you know, everyone has a case of the Mondays, you know, oh. Michael, Michael Buble, it, it's funny shit. I really enjoy Office Space. Then we go on to one of the greatest movies of all time. This probably is my number one movie of all time. I watched this movie when I was 14 years... Uh, not 14. When I was like 16 years old. Way too fucking young to watch this movie. I'll tell you that right now. Uh-oh. But it is A Clockwork Orange by I Stanley Kubrick. I knew you Kubrick. would say that. I knew you would say that. Tell me why I knew you this, would say that. Man. This movie is phenomenal the 4k comes out this year i'm so excited to get it the reason why the experience is so great is because like i said i was a rebellious type kid and this is he's supposed to be a rebellious type kid as well you know we both rebelled in different ways you know i I didn't like (laughs) rape anyone or beat anyone obviously but okay chill dude i'm not trying to get canceled by blm in the next week but anyway though Um, you know, a clockwork orange, it, it just is that rebellious type story. And he doesn't break that. Like, that's the thing. He sticks with his guns till the end. They try Absolutely. to break them, but they he don't. Doesn't. He doesn't. And that's, it's, it reminds me of cool hand Luke and just see And I watch it now and I take away more than what I did when I was 16 years old. So I haven't really seen cool hand Luke, but really clockwork orange is easily one of the greatest films of all time. Easily. Clockwork Orange is hands down amazing. I love it. That and movie fucking just, scarred me. Just the experience thought. of you know rewatching it again because it's been four years since I watched it. Yeah. So rewatching it again, it it, it was it was great to see it again. So, I'm not, and they have classical music. I love Beethoven. I mentioned that. 
I love Beethoven. The opening score, the opening shot, everything about it, phenomenal. Listen, the way they and use the voiceover Beethoven. of the actor. Um, I'm a sucker for like VO, you know, with Scorsese's movies. Mm-hmm. I loved it in this ready. one as well. Getting ready for the bit of the old ultraviolence. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the greatest films of all time, man. I saw that. I snuck and watched it because I know, knowing damn well that I shouldn't watch this movie. I was in fifth grade. Snuck and watched it on my grandmother's DVR, direct TV DVR in the living room, late night by myself downstairs watching this fucking movie. The opening shot just fucking just, it just glued me to the fucking chair because I wasn't expecting that shit. And then the fucking movie started to play out and I was just like, God. I, I, I had a fucking, I had a blanket because I was so disturbed by the movie, but I was so entertained by it at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a movie like it, and I don't think there's any other movie like it to this very day. Was it like, a censored literally. cut or? Huh? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was NC-17. And it was rated X. No, he I know that. Like, did out. you catch a censored cut at that age? Because you said you caught it on the DVR. Nah, it came on. Um, it came on IFC. Okay. So you know, nothing. Everything was uncut. But uh, that movie was insane, and it still is. I, I'm surprised at how enjoy how much I enjoy it. Cause my brother and I started. I I tried to influence my brother to watch it with me. He's like 14 now. He's like, oh hell no, I'm not watching this shit. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it is that is that disturbing. It is pretty disturbing. But man, the way the story fleshes itself out. And the way the film is made and presented is just so entrancing and intoxicating. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know Danilo knows knows what I'm talking about. That is a damn good movie, man. For 1971, that movie's ridiculous. Mm. So, um, my my only have three for my best experiences of getting a film this year. Uh, number one is the. Great, great viewing experience I had for Sonic the Hedgehog. Jesus oh. Christ. Dude, I had like 10 people come with me in the theater to see this. It was great. We were all screaming and cheering. Oh my God. I stole That's sweet. the. Uh, okay, dude. Dude, I stole the, come on, the sign, up. like the Slurpee display. That oh, sick. On the podium where Sonic's like, gotta yeah. get it fast. And he's holding a blue Yo, for real? It's on the yeah, side dude. of my fridge. Yes. That's so dope. That's so I dope. I love it. It was a perfect theater experience. Like I said, I had like 10 people come with me. I pulled up to the, th- it was just us seeing it too. I pulled up to the theater blasting the Sonic Heroes theme. Oh, and yeah. like pulling out of the theater. I like drifting out playing Sonic's Heroes again. It was awesome, man. Loved, loved, loved that experience. Good job. You happy they made the change? I gotta see. Man, I wouldn't even care. I was just happy to see that, man. See a Sonic movie, yeah. Um, Another one. That's sweet. Was my first theater experience going back to a theater after COVID. Um, Hannah and I caught for the opening night the anniversary screening of Empire. Uh, we drove a state away to go see it. Stop it. 
right now. Yeah, we drove a state away to go see it overnight. No, I'm That's talking sick. to Ganilo talking about he's saying it's overrated. Stop it right now. Yeah, you can go fucking off yourself, dude. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a great experience seeing my favorite movie of all time in theaters. Um, That's sweet. We got a picture with the poster outside, that Matt Ferguson edition. And we loved that poster so much we have it in our living room now, man. Um, now, was that an IMAX or was that just a regular release? That was just a regular re-release. We saw it at a shitty theater in South Carolina. It oh, was okay. the closest place playing it to us. And it was like an hour and a half, almost two hours away. And it, a horrible little ghetto theater, man. It was awful. <laughs> we were the only person to show up to the theater that day, apparently. Damn. Oh, wow. To see that back? What the fuck? Yeah, like, they were pissed that we even showed up. Because they were going to close the theater like, three hours. <laughs> Bruh, yeah, stay mad. Because we going to see Empire Strikes Back, whether you like it or not. So, I mean, fantastic experience, man. I loved it. I have the ticket stub in the frame with the poster in the living room. Nah, that's Ooh. sick. That's sick. Loved it. In the theater, um, they didn't have a digital box office. They actually had, like, the, the letter boxes. In their oh, box sick. office, so we I, I got a picture of Empire on there. That's um, dope, man. Loving it, man. It, oh. That is dope. And my last one it was an at-home experience of an A24 film. Uh, Hannah and I watched a ghost story, Casey Affleck. Dude, I was That's sobbing sick. like a bitch after this movie. That's where he wears a sheet just over him, right? Yes. Yes, I watched that. I watched Such that. a powerful, powerful film, man. Film, man. I love it. For not a lot that. of dialogue, it's a great film. It's so powerful, so moving. If you have someone special in your life, watch this with them. This will make you hold on tight to them. Absolutely adored every second of this movie. Now I need to find a physical copy. It's on Netflix. But. Oh, I've got to watch it because I heard a lot of great things about it. Loved it. But the fact um, that it made yeah, both uh, Hannah and I so emotional afterwards definitely deserves a spot on my list. Yeah, man. I could. Every time you talk about a ghost story, I have to always bring up Blade Runner 2049. I think about it because the way you describe ghost stories is the same way I feel about that movie. I'm I not. Hey, Danilo, have you sometime. seen. Hey, Danilo, have you seen that? What? Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. How you feel about that? I like it. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's, in, it's, in my, it's in my top 10 favorite films of all time. I like it better than the first one. It's the same way Max feels about a ghost story is the same way I feel about Blade Runner 2049. I fucking sobbed. Like fucking quivering, <laughs> quivering, 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 full on sobbing after that movie ended. Because like... To Blade Runner 2049? Yes! It was that good to me. Because like it, it really spoke to me on a lot of different levels about individuality and finding, discovering who you really are on your fucking own, bro. Mm -hmm. like, like, that's how deep it got into, you know, my soul because he's a fucking replicant. You know what I'm saying? And so for that for that movie to reach that many emotional levels, with who's a replicant? With the um, Harrison. Uh, Ma Harrison. Right? Max hasn't seen it. Max hasn't seen it, so I can't say. Um, but I'm gonna keep. Well, that too I low thought it was undecided. 
I want to talk about Decker. Yeah, I, I thought it was still within unde- the next three or four weeks. So we can probably. I talk thought it was still that. undecided. Like I thought it was just a debate. Like you know, it's undecided with Deckard for sure. Look, I will. Well then, well, okay. I will rewatch the final cut of Blade Runner, and I'll watch twenty forty nine, so we can have a proper discussion of Blade Runner. How about that? Watch the one that has the fucking Pegasus at the end, or the horse, or whatever the unicorn That's flying the across cut. the screen. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Watch that one. That's funny. Up, oh, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we thought you were pissing away. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't hear you guys, bro. Oh, I, I was saying guys. I will rewatch the final cut of Blade Runner, and then I will uh, watch twenty forty nine in the next couple weeks, so we can have a proper discussion. Please, nice out, girls. Uh, in twenty forty nine, she's a big prominent role. Who? Are you talking about? Oh, yes, very much. Very much from Knives Out. You see Knives Out, right? Yeah, the girl that, with was the that was a great. That was a great movie. What? Hang on, the girl Dakari, just let Max say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martha, Martha Cabrera. She's okay. uh, mm-hmm. she's in Twenty Forty Nine. Yeah, yeah, man. Like the symbolism, the metaphorical imagery, like the filmmaking, the music, the sound design, everything about it is just flawless to me. I know a lot of people complain about the runtime and say it's so slow. Look, it's slow for a reason. Okay, <laughs> I I haven't I haven't watched it ever since I seen it the first time, but it's never left my mind ever since. It's, the first it's, Blade Runner is slow. The first Blade Runner is slow. It, oh, they're yeah, slow is, yes. movies. They're therapeutic slow movies. Like that's the appeal to them, I think too. Absolutely. Mm. But yeah, twenty forty nine, man. It's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Watch that movie when you get a chance, man. It's, 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 it's something. It's crushing, man, but in a good way. Yeah, I'll rewatch the first one and get into 49 for you. But I yeah. think that about wraps it up for this episode. So we're going to cover our recent views next week when we hopefully can discuss WandaVision. That series premiere. Looking forward to that for sure. When is that coming yeah. out? The 15th. Okay. They're dropping the first two episodes. Okay, that's cool. So, all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Please consider giving us a uh, a review on Apple Podcasts that will help us, guys, or help us a lot. Please. (laughs) Any uh, final comments? All good. I said enough. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I had uh, I have a top five on my YouTube channel. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel by myself. It's just Danilo Judd, my name, D-A-N-I-L-O-J-U-D-D. And in my top five on the YouTube channel, I put TV shows in because, like I mentioned earlier, this was like last year was the one year I watched way more TV than I usually did. And so I I thought some TV shows should uh, be put in as like some big, like in the top five and some honorable mentions as well. So if you want to check that out, just, you know, check it out at Danilo Judd on YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again for listening, you guys, and we will see you next week. See you, see you around, pimps. <laughs>